Sometimes we need to be reminded of how good God is. And this morning, I believe we were reminded of how good He is as we were able to worship and spend time with Him this morning. The ushers are passing out a few notes for you this morning. We've been talking about grace, and we've, we've spent the whole year on it so far, and we've, we've gone to a few areas, but the last number of weeks we've been looking at grace from Romans. What I'd like to do this morning is I'd like to continue in that, and I want to go into Romans chapter 8, and the verses that I'd like to share with you are verses that we all probably have heard of in some way or shape or form. And the verse that, that we're going to read from is Romans 8, verses 28, 29, and 30. And it goes, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to become conformed to the image of a Son, so that He would be the firstborn among many brethren. And, though, and those whom he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. I've heard this passage many times. All things work together for good. All things work together for good. But can I be honest with you for a moment? because I won't be honest with you the rest of the time. <laughs> Isn't that, have, have you ever heard those, can I be frank with you? Well, where, where, what else would you be? Can I be honest with you? Well, are you telling me, so anyways, forget that, can I be honest with you? I'm going to be honest with you. But there are moments when we look at all things work together for good, and there are moments where you might say, does it? How can it? Where does this all fit in? And as I was studying and reading this passage, I, I read this passage and I go, where, where can I go with this? And what I'd like to do is I'd like to take a few moments and show you why you can believe and why you can put your confidence in the fact that all things work together for good. And the way we're going to do that is we're going to take a couple steps backwards. And I want us to draw on some of the things that we've seen in Romans. And I just want to stay in Romans because what I'm trying to do is give us a picture of grace from that perspective and from that context. So what I'd like to do is, is I want to draw your memory to Romans chapter 5 where we started. We started midway in that chapter about verse 15. But what we did was we started in Romans 5, and Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, he says there's a free gift. He says, and the free gift is greater than the offense. The offense he was talking about was sin via Adam and Eve. And because of that sin, there was this 
curse put on man. There was this boundaries put on man. This, there was this inability put on man. And then Jesus came in the fullness of time and he redeemed us. And what he did was he took that and he reversed that and he redeemed us. And we have this thing called grace. And what's amazing about grace is it's more than enough to take care of what's there. I like your thoughts this morning, Bradley, and the picture that God gave you. Too often, we settle for something that will satisfy us for a bit. But when I look at Jesus and the picture that I see of Jesus is he's one that doesn't just satisfy a bit, but he goes above and beyond and he satisfies you so much that you have more than enough. He gives you more than enough. And not only that, but his life displayed that. Miracle after miracle. His first miracle, he turned the water into wine. But that wasn't good enough. They said, you know what? This stuff is better than anything else that's been served. So when Jesus comes into your life and the grace that he brings, because Jesus is the personification of grace. In other words, when you talk about grace, you can look at Jesus and you can see what that looks like and how that walked So when Jesus comes into your life, he doesn't just satisfy the requirement, but he goes beyond what is required. Five loaves and two fish. 5,000 people. Some people will say that was 5,000 men plus the women and the children. I just look at it and go, 5,000 is a pretty big number. Five loaves and two fish. And what did he have left over? He had more left over than what he started with. He didn't have two loaves left over and one fish. He had 12 buckets left over. So when God comes into your life, when grace is put into your life, God comes and what he does is he doesn't only just fill you to what you need, but he goes above and beyond and he, when he's finished with you, it's greater than what you had when you began. That's the picture of grace. Some of the words we saw with grace were abound. Limitless, so much more, greater. And this is a picture of the grace that God has for us. Sometimes we've used grace and we've referred to it as greasy grace. And because of that, we've been afraid to even consider grace because I don't want to go overboard. But I'm here to tell you what I want to do is I want to study grace and I want to study it to the extent that it is. Because I want you to walk in the greatest measure of grace that you can. I don't want you to abuse it, but I want you to walk in the greatest measure of grace. 
Grace that is so great that it says where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. So we saw in Romans 5, I'll just read these to you. Because of grace, there's a new standard and a new way that you're measured. When you accept Christ, grace comes in and it changes the way that you're looked at and measured. And before, you would never measure up. In the Old Testament, they could never measure up because if they could measure up, there would be no need for a Savior. So they could never measure up. You and I, on our own merits, cannot measure up. I'll be the one to look at your face and tell you, you can never measure up without grace. But grace comes in, and it doesn't just measure up, it goes beyond Who here would like excess in their life? Well, we've got about 15 honest people. I don't know, but I've shared this before, but when I was a child growing up, I would take a cup of water, and this was not good enough, Kyle. By the way, happy birthday, Kyle. I tried to give him the bumps in, in, the, in, the, in the gym, but I did it like I multiplied it by three, and it was like only, he only got five bumps. But, but Kyle, when I was a young man your age, I would take a cup of this, and this was not good enough, and I would want to fill it till it was to the top. And grace goes beyond that. When God comes involved in our life, he doesn't just bring it to the top it overflows and your hand gets wet and the area that you're involved in gets touched and affected by the grace of God. And the God we serve is a God more than enough. So Kyle, don't ever settle for something less than God has for you. Push the limit. Push the limit. Be a 15-year-old that people look at and go, he's not 15. He's just way too wise for that. He, how does he do that? Why? Because you are walking in the grace of God. I speak that over you. Not only do we have a new standard and a new measure, but there's a new verdict. You used to be declared, declared guilty. Now you're declared not guilty. And what's amazing about it is you and I did nothing to do that. I didn't walk up to the courtroom and say, here's my dossier and here's all these things that I've done to make myself not guilty. No, what I did was I said, Jesus, would you come into my life and would you affect my life and touch my life? And his grace came and it touched my life. And when I used to be declared guilty, now it says I'm justified. And that word justified means I have met every single requirement of the law. Because of Jesus, I've met every single requirement of the law. We're talking about grace. 
We're talking about the attitude that I can look at somebody and I can say all things work together for good. And when they say, why? Because of the grace of God. And what Paul's done is he's written these passages ahead of time and he's built it up like a case. He's built up and he's put this on there and he's put that on there and he's talked about the goodness of grace. So I want us to see the context. We have a new verdict. You know you have a new future. Your future has changed because of the grace of God. When you accept Christ, your future changes. So Paul is writing this. I have a new relationship. I think I mentioned on that. I'm going to change the relationship status on my Facebook page. You know, my relationship has changed. Why? Because of grace. Because of what God has done. I used to be connected with Adam, but now I'm connected with Jesus. I have a new door. The old door used to lead me to the emptiness and the limits of what Adam did, but the new door opens me up and it makes me completely right with God. And Paul is writing this passage and he says, all things work together for good. How do I say that with confidence? I say that with confidence because of what Jesus has done for me. This is not something I've figured out. This is something that Jesus did. Before I came up, Winona took her phone and he just, she just wrote these three words. It is finished. You and I cannot add to what Jesus did. You and I can't. So Paul is writing this and he's showing all these things. There's a new victory. There's a new way to reign. And then he gets to chapter 6 and I find it amazing because if you study Romans, what happened was the people there were what they call nonism, anti-nonism. It's not anti-noni, as my wife is sometimes referred to. But it was a mindset that just said you could live the way you wanted to live. And so Paul is introducing grace, and some of the people were saying, oh, so you can just do whatever you want. And he goes, no. Chapter 6, if you read it, it says, so what should I do? Should I continue in sin that grace could abound? And he says, no, God forbid. How can I, who is dead to sin live any longer therein. When you're dead to something, it no longer governs you. When you're dead to something, it no longer governs you. So Paul said, I'm dead to sin. Sin does not govern David Stunenberg anymore. And so Paul takes chapter 6, and basically chapter 6 is how do I respond to this grace? I've got a new life. I have a new life in me. I'm dead to the old way of living. And Paul is writing these things down, and he's giving these people all these things and all these benefits. And we're building up to chapter 8. Chapter 8, I thought I'd do chapter 8 in one week. It's like I'm on my third week and I've got one week to go. Because it is just full of this revelation of grace and the goodness of what God has given us based on 
Romans 5, 6, and 7. Grace delivers you from the power of sin. Grace also delivers you from the penalty of sin. The penalty of sin was death. Grace came and says, no, I'm freeing you from that penalty. And not only that, but I'm giving you power to get over that. So when you look at something and you have this urge, you can say, no, I don't have to serve that anymore. I live by grace, and grace gives me power to overcome. Grace is not a license to do. It's a power to overcome. And we, we, we spent time in chapter 6, and then we came into chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. That's a, a chapter full of dilemma. In one of the versions that I was studying, one of the versions Paul writes in there and he goes, I'm a mystery man to myself. I can't even figure myself out because when I want to do right, I don't. And when I set out to do this, I do that. And he, he compares all these things. And when you study Romans 7, what you find that comes out of Romans 7 is I, 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 I. And as I looked at that, I saw a performance. I, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And the, what's crazy is when I try to do that, I can't. Because I don't have the strength, the will, or the ability myself to do it. And then you get to the last verse of Romans 7 where he says, oh, but thanks be to God because of Jesus Christ. And then you get this verse in Romans 8, there's no condemnation. And he flips it, and all of a sudden Romans 8, he starts to introduce the word spirit, Holy Spirit. And whereas in Romans 7, it was I, I, I. In Romans 8, it's I'm alive in the Spirit. It's because of the Spirit that lives in me. The Spirit. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. In Romans 8, I'm compelled. It says I owe a debt because of grace. I think I shared a few weeks ago that there is a compelling inside of me that dictates how I live, and that is because of grace, not because of what I'd like to do. There are times when I've actually had to close my mouth, turn, and say, no, I'm not going to do that. This is what I'm compelled to do. Why? Because I owe myself to the grace of God. I owe a debt to grace. I am committed to you. I'm committed to one another. And because of that, there are things that I will do to help and support and to build up. That there are sometimes I get frustrated or sometimes I might look at something and I go, no, I don't. I am compelled by the grace of God. And Paul lays out all these things, and then he gets to chapter, uh, verse 28. 
And I like the way it reads. He says, so we know. <laughs> Who here knows that all things work together for good? I mean, you know it. You know it. Have you ever met a child and they said they know something and then you want to take it away from them and then all of a sudden they go, no, I know this. And it's like there's nothing you can do to change their mind. That's what Paul is saying here. We know there is nothing that can happen to you or to me that will change my mind. I know all things work together for good. All things work together for good. Look at somebody and say, all things work together for good. Look at them again and tell them again, all things work together for good. Look at them again and say, all things work together for good. Look at them and again and say, I know what you're going to say. I find it interesting in life that our default often is, why did this happen? What a mess. What did I do wrong? Oh, and, 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 and it's almost like we dig this ditch or this hole and we want to climb into that hole or descend into that hole. I'm here to tell you, we need to change the way we think and start thinking in terms of grace. And when something happens, say, you know what? This is going to work out for my good. I don't know how. I'm not, I'm not sure if I could plan it myself. But the grace of God is committed for my good. Have you ever met somebody that every time they were around you, they were committed for your good? I think sometimes even husbands and wives struggle with that. Because I, I got to defend my turf. I got to protect myself. I can't get too vulnerable because if I expose myself and I become vulnerable, then the next time they're going to take advantage of me. I know none of you have ever thought that. But God doesn't look at you like that. And when he assesses your life, by the way, when he assesses your life, he already has assessed your life. The decisions God made were made before you were born. The decisions God made was before the foundation of the world. He's in it for the long haul. We think of long haul as in, can I do this for a week? 
I'm committed. My commitment is here. Ask me three times, and I'm here. I'm committed. I'm going to do this for the long haul. The next week, hey, can we renegotiate? Man, I'm having a hard time with this. The grace of God was in it before you showed up and will stay with it for you throughout eternity. And he does not come to you and says, you know what? (laughs) You tricked me. I thought I agreed to this, but all of a sudden you came and you threw. No, the grace of God evaluated you, assessed you, knew you ahead of time, and said, no, this guy I'm committed to. So we know that all things work together for good. Here's a couple thoughts for you. It's not because of you that all things work together for good. It's because of him. That should take a load off. That should take a load off. Because it's not because of you. It's because of him that all things work together for good. Look at somebody and say, all things work together for good. Look at him again and say, I know what you're going to say. If you leave today and the only thing you get out of this is all things work together, that's what I want you to get. My sermon has like one point. I'm just coming at it from 16 different angles. All things work together for good. And until you get sick and tired of me saying it, I'm going to keep saying it because sometimes we just, it just becomes rote. No, I'm not interested in just becoming rote and just becoming this and become, I'm interested in becoming part of who you are. The fabric of who you are, the identity of who you are, the innermost being of who you are, that you stand up and you look at something and you say, I can't see the future of this, but I know that whatever this mess is, it's going to work out for my good. Because I am committed to the one who is committed to me. It doesn't mean you have to have it all figured out. And for some of us guys, sometimes that's hard because we like to fix things. We like to make things right. But there are some things where you might not understand the word why or the question why, but are you prepared to say, I don't care the why, I know the who, and he's going to make it work together for good. And I can say that with confidence because I've just shown you the last three chapters of Romans where Paul says time after time after time of what Jesus did for you and me. And he makes it abundantly clear that we could not do it. But because of Jesus, because of his grace, I can say all things work together for good. And this is like a crescendo of Romans 8. This is like building up. It's been building up week after week. And he gets to this point and he says with boldness, and we know... It's not, and we might think. 
And it's not, well, if I try hard enough. No, it's, it's we know. We know. I don't care what mess you're going through right now. I'm here to tell you, God is in it for you to get working together for good. That At the end of it, all things work together for good. You either believe his word or you don't. Too often, we put our experiences into that verse. Too often, we put our inabilities into that verse. Too often, we put our excuses into that verse. And what happens is we end up with a God who is less than who he is. And we start living and accepting God for less than who he is. And in fact, if you really think about it, we become the God. Because we tell him, no, this is how it is. Instead of God being God. So look at somebody and say, all things work together for good. Keep smiling. Keep smiling. Look at him again and say, I know it. So when you leave today, what are you going to say? You're getting it. You're getting it. It's real easy to say it when things are working together for good. It's real easy to say when people are patting you on the back. It's real easy to say when people are building you up. But I tell you, it's a whole lot harder to say when things are hitting the fan. It's a whole lot harder to say when you don't know right side from upside or right, left, right, center. You, you just, can you stand in that moment and say all things work together for good? Why? Because I'm called and because he stands behind what he said. So I know whatever's happening now, there's going to be good coming out of it. See, that's living a life of grace. Can you imagine sitting in your office or sitting in a place where you have people that you relate with on a regular basis, whether it's work or school or, or some um, program that you're doing and there's other people or some activity you're doing and something happens and they go, oh, that's Murphy's Law. Oh, that's just the way it's going to be. Oh, man, this is, yeah. And then it comes to you, and you're part of that conversation, and you go, no. Something good's going to come out of it. What would happen? What would happen if you said that to somebody? Somebody just came to you and said, you've got to work overtime. And you say, well, I don't want to. 
I've got commitments. But for some reason, you're, you're compelled to and you're required to. Do you believe in that situation all things work together for good? But I should be there, but I'm here. But if you allow God to work in you here, when you get there, you're so much better than you were when you were here. And don't ask me to say that again. Because where you are is where God's working. And when he's working on you where you are, when you get where you're supposed to be, you'll be better than you are where you were. Why? Because all things work together for good to those who are called. Why? Because of grace. I handed out notes. I'm not even sure where I am in those notes. I'm done. <laughs> oh, I tell you. I know what time you have to leave for the plane, and I can, ta- I can take it right up to that moment, I tell you. I know who's driving you to the airport, too. I can really mess with you now. I'll have him sitting in the back seat going, all things work together for good. I, I, I want to get real. Because I'm sure just about, just about everybody here has either gone through something or is going through something or you will go through something. And it's in those moments that the crucible of life seems to be magnified. And if you don't have an understanding of the grace of God, you can start blaming God. You can start beating yourself up. You can start getting depressed. You can start getting isolated. You can start... And, and, and what's crazy about it is it seems to happen faster than it seems to work for the better. Have you ever noticed that? How f- I, I was talking to somebody recently and it was like, you know what, this happened... But when that happened, I thought this person did it because of this. And they did that because of that person. And that person said this. And what they said, they actually meant this. And now I had gone from this situation all the way to over here with no proof, no evidence. Why don't we just go from here? Last week I talked about grace in the middle. Why don't we go from here and just say, I know that God's got a plan. And his plan for me is that all things work together for good. I may not know it. I may not be able to explain it. I might not even see it. But I choose to believe him. Because I have found in my 53 years of living on this planet, that he is much smarter than me. So look to somebody and tell them something. 
that we've been saying all morning. I want to tell you five things here. Grace, I know, Pastor Daniel, it's okay. I'll be done before two. Grace knew you before you were you. He knew all about you before you were you, before you were even a twinkle in your mom and dad's eye. Grace determined to give to you before you were you. We live in a world where it's all about what I can see and feel, and grace says, no, before this, I'm committing myself to this person who's going to be born. Grace summoned you and called you before you could even decide. Grace declared you right with all of the requirements of the law before your input. You had nothing to do. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. What I'm trying to do is make you realize the power of the grace of God and what Jesus did for you and me. And the words, it is finished because he did it. Grace built you up before you built anything. Those are looking at the words for no predestined, called, justified, and glory. And what I want you to see is they're all past tense. He determined that before. That's the power of grace in your life. And that's why you can stand and say, I know all things work together for good. Why? Because he's done this before and he made this decision in the past that he would stand by his word. And he's never failed me yet and he won't fail me now because his word stands true and real. Not depending on my circumstance. Grace calls it finished, completed, done. So that is why I can stand here and boldly declare to you that I know all things work together for good to David Stunenberg. Why? Because of everything he's done. Because of him. Because of Christ, because of God my Father, because the Holy Spirit lives in me. Because he's the one who directs and leads and lives in me. Amen? The last statement I'll say is, we live in a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately world. God lives in a this is what Jesus did for you, world. Can I pray for you? That would be an indication that I'm near the end of my sermon. So when I say, can I pray for you, you can shout amen, you can jump up because it's like, hey, I'm getting close to the end. 
Can I pray for you this morning? I'm going to ask God to seal his word in you. I'm going to ask God to take his word and to seal it, to put it in you, to make it so that your first thought that comes when something isn't going right, all things work together for good. I'm going to ask him to change the way that that thought process happens inside of you so that you won't go to the negative, but you're you're going to go to him and you're going to see the positive. Why? Because of what Jesus did for you. So I'm going to pray that over you. I also want to pray that if you've never accepted Christ, this is what he's done for you. He's given you what you could never get yourself. He's done for you what you could never do for yourself. He's cleansed you from all the sin and the unrighteousness and the missing of the mark. And he said, no, I declare you right before God because of the blood of the Lamb that paid the price. So if you've never accepted him, this sermon is an introduction to who he is and what he did for us and for you. So I want to pray for you this morning. Amen. Father, may our default change to, I may not understand this, but all things work together for good to me because I'm called by you. And Lord, if there's anybody here that doesn't know you as their Savior, but they would like to. Lord, I just ask right now that they would receive you, that you would cleanse them from all unrighteousness, that they would be declared righteous, their sins would be erased and never to be brought up again, and that their new life would start. And they would see the grace that you have for them. Amen. Look at somebody. And tell them all things work together. Amen. Look at somebody and say have a great afternoon. God bless you.